Guys going? We're good to go? Things aren't always the way they seem. That's what I'm going to preach about today. The things aren't always the way they, they seem. You see, I went to Westlake yesterday and I bought six bags of rock salt to put in the parking lot. And I also bought this corn here. And you can look on the picture right here. That's a good looking ears of corn right there. There's about a half a dozen of them showing right there. Right? It says it weighs six grams. Something seemed a little bit off about that right off the bat when I sold the six ears of corn weighed only six grams, and I've never had six ears of corn that would fit in this thing, but we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but, but six ears of corn for only 99 cents, right? So I bought this thing up, and I, and I said, that's great, I'm going to have some corn out there, but Psalms 1, I'm going to get back to this in a little bit, right? Anybody ever seen, seen a pack of seeds before, right? Things aren't always the way that they seem. <clears throat> Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, right? Walks not with the ungodly. So he's saying not to make friends with the world, right? We have, we have to go into the world to witness to the world. We have to go in there to talk to them. We have to be, have things in common with them somewhat to, to be able to talk to the world or they won't hear us anyway. Are you following? We can tell God, we can tell them where God brought us from and where he's taken us to, but we're not supposed to participate in the things they participate in, right? We're not supposed to talk the ways... I'm a participatory preacher. Yes. Amen. Right? Y'all know what that means, right? Yeah. Amen. Head nodding. Y'all excited to be here too today, right? Yeah. We've missed a couple services. I'm ready to get back in the swing of things. I struggle really bad with preparing this message, and I've talked to you about a lot of these things in here several times, but God gave it to me again. So how many knows you can't exhaust the Word of God? Yeah. Right? When you think you've got it all down, you're mistaken. You can learn something else, right? So there'll be something today that you can holler amen about. There'll be something today that you can have a brand new hallelujah about. You can nod your head, right? Get excited. Are you following me? I need some help here today. This isn't all about me. It's about us. We're the church. We're the body, right? So we're not to make friends with the world. We're not, we're, we want to hang out with people of like faith, right? That's why the Bible says, fail not to assemble yourselves. He's having us come in together that we can, we can have company. We can have communion with people of like faith. We can talk to people who talk like we talk, right? Unfortunately, there's a lot of world in the church, right? The Bible talks about this as wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Does he not? He says, don't judge a man, but judge his fruit, right? So, so look at your friends and see what kind of fruit's coming out of their life. Look at the people you're hanging out with and see what kind of fruit. Everybody's producing fruit. When's the last time you produced some fruit? Everybody's producing fruit, whether that's good or bad. Look at your friends and see whether they're producing good fruit or bad fruit, right? And verse 2 says this. So we're not going to hang out with the world, but we'll go, we'll go and witness to the world. But we need to come back to the house of God and hang out with our, with, with our family, with our church family, right? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. The man who hangs out with his church family all the time, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law, and in his law, he meditates day and night. Now, I look at this word right here, and it means a precept, a statute, specific, or especially the Pentateuch, or the Pentateuch. Everybody, everybody knows what that is? It's the first five books of the Bible. It's what Moses wrote. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. That's all they had of the Bible at this time. So he was saying, look back to the law. Things that God said to do or not to do, that's what they would look back on. Especially, your, your delight would be in this right here, but it all, that word also means direction or instruction. So he would give that law telling you like the Ten Commandments and the 630 whatever laws it was in the Old Testament that they had to follow, right? Those were for instruction, instruction, but also the law is to unlock the power and the blessing of God's word. Are you following me? 
He didn't just give us these things to, to say don't do this and do this, but it's to unlock the power and the things in the New Testament. We have to meditate on, there, there's over 3,300 promises in this book right here, but we've got to meditate on it and know how to unlock those promises and how they work in our lives. Are you following me? Yes. And three, he, he talks about fruit, and, oh, and three, he says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth, notice that right there, how it's worded, brings forth we're going to see this in another scripture later, and I'm going to give you the definition for that fourth right there. That brings forth its fruit in its seasons. It brings forth fruit whose leaf also shall not wither, and and whatever he does shall prosper. He shall prosper in all. So what's he saying you have to do to prosper and your, and your leaves not wither, right? He's saying don't make friends with the world. Don't hang out in the world. You can go there. You can witness to them. you got to go there to your job. you got you, you got to go to those places, but don't participate in the things they're doing, right? Don't initiate the conversations that they're having. Are you following me? You're there to tell them about Jesus and what God's done for you. Right? And then the next thing he says is the light in the law of the world, the light in the law of the, of the Lord. So, right? Fruit requires a seed, right? Fruit also is the seed. You follow me? It requires a seed to produce more fruit. It requires seeds for the fruit to multiply. You with me? You all planted seeds before, right? Also, the fruit is the seed. The corn is the, is the vegetable in this case, but it is the seed. The apple has the seed inside of it. The orange has the seed inside of it. So the fruit requires seed, and the fruit is the seed, right? The ungodly are like chaff. It goes on to say in verse 4, you can read on here. I'm only going to read you verse 1 through 3 today. Are like chaff and the world and the natural. Though In the world we live in today, though, the world and the natural things, getting a house and getting a car and all the things that we want to get. We want to have a wife. We want to, have, we want to be successful. We want all these things. They seem so absolute. They seem like they should be first in our lives. They seem like they're more important than the spiritual things. Are you following me? The world puts them on to be that way. Do they not? When you're in the world, they're pushing you to work overtime. They want you to do this. They want you to do that. They want you to give more of yourself to this and that. And, and it's the absolute when you're in the world. It, the, the world wants to be first, right? People, possessions, money. Those things are tangible, right? But things aren't always the way they seem. The world looks good. It looks like, man, that would be great to have more money. Man, that might feel good to do that, or that, that might be great to go over here and do this thing. But in Romans 6.23, it says the wages of sin are death. Death, you don't know if you've been here very long, means the separation of something, right? Sin has an implied promise of, right, of, of greater good. Sin may look good. Sin looks great sometimes. That's how it baits us out into it. It looks great. But it also goes on to say the wages of sin are death. Are you following me? Wages are what you've earned. So when we're living here on this world, things aren't always what they seem. When we're living here on this earth, on this earth sin, is, sin is a way, you get what you earn, you get what I'm saying. My kids, let me use this for an example. My kids, I started giving an allowance, and I pay them on Monday. When I go to the bank on Monday, because I get paid on Friday, so when I go to the bank on Monday, I get their money out of their allowance, and I bring their allowance to them. And, and they have some chores they got to do. The older they are, the more chores they have to do. They learn how to, they learn how to make money and how to, how to spend some money, hopefully, and they learn something out of this so they can get out of my house when it's time to get out of my house. <laughs> are you following me? Some of them, though, have decided that money is not that big a deal because mom and dad's going to get them whatever they need to have anyway, so we don't care about doing the chores. So your allowance is a wage, right? If you don't do your chores, guess what happens at my house now? When I come home on Monday, if the things you have to have done, if they, if they miss one time during the week and I, and I see they haven't done it, it costs them a dollar. 
each time they lose a dollar. When they get to zero dollars, no one's ever done it. When they get to zero dollars, I lift their feet up off the ground. Are you following me? We believe in spanking kids at my house. The Bible says to do it. I do it. I'm the man. <laughs> However, it's what you earn. That's your wage. It's either going to be, it's the same way with God, isn't it? Life or death, he talks about. It's either going to be good for you or it's going to be bad for you. I'm not doing this to be mean to my kids. I don't want to spank my kids. Are you following me? But it's what they've earned throughout the week. You don't want to respond to a positive thing, so there's going to be a negative thing that follows that up. If you don't have your chores done when I come home on Monday, the girls, the only thing that my little girls have to do is clean their room up. If you don't have your chores done, you can either get paid money or you can get a spanking. That's it. That, that's, that's what you get. So the other day, Joe came in and she said, this is just too hard. I can't do it, Dad. There's no, our room's just too trashed. There's no way we're going to be able to get it clean. So I don't care what you're going to do to me. Just go ahead and do it. But I can't get that room clean. <laughs> this is how we are with God sometimes, right? And I had to take her and say, Joe, Joe, I, I, it's not that I want to spank you, honey, but you've got to get this done. You have to, do, and, and, and redirected her a little bit again, and got her to do it, but it was so cute when she said, I just really don't care what you're going to do to me, Dad. Go ahead and do it, right? But there's a reason that God tells us not to hang out in the world. You get it? Because those people are going to talk the wrong way. They're going to act the wrong way, and they're going to draw us out of the way that we should be, yeah. right? Because pretty soon we'll start rebelling against God and say, God, I really don't care. We may not say it with our mouths, but we say it with our actions. God, I really don't care what you're going to do to me. I'm going to live the way I want to live anyway. There's just no way that I can live up to the way you want me to live up to. Are you following me? That's what Joe was saying to me. And that's what we say to God when we fall to the world. When we, when we falter and we get into those things. So, however, this is why he told us this. Because it looks good, right? Absolutely it looks good. It was made by God. God spoke and created everything. Its values and, and, the, and the ways of speaking um, get ingrained into us, though, when we, when we hang out with those people, when we hang out with those, group, when the, with those groups of people. Are you following? When we do those things, they get ingrained into us. Some might think it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal where I hang out at preacher. I, I, I do it all the time, but, but 1 Corinthians 15.33 says bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. You hang out long enough, you're going to be like that. Are you following me? That's not even what I'm talking about today. I want to talk to you about your mouth today. How I talk. It's not that big a deal, preacher. How I talk. You know, when I was a kid, there was a saying that we used to say all the time. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Anybody heard that? You've all probably said that, right? And we thought, yeah, there's no way it could hurt you. A word, I mean, the way I talk, how could it really hurt me? Right? It can't really hurt me, right? But, but things aren't always the way they seem. It's not always the way it seems. Words are just vibrations. When I'm speaking to you today, it's just my voice box vibrating air coming out of my mouth. It's just vibrations out in the air. Are you following me? Just vibrations out in the, in, into the air. But those vibrations, Jesus said those vibrations combined with your faith, faith causes movements in the spiritual realm. Are you following? Jesus said that, not me. Your words combined with your faith causes movements in the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is more real than this physical realm. The people of this world would like for you to believe that the, that the world is just the absolute and it's, it should be the number one thing. The, the natural should be absolute. It should be the number one thing. But the spiritual realm is more real than that. Yeah. I need you to understand that today. It's more real than that. This natural world that we live in was created by the spiritual world. That's how much more real it is than it. But the world wants to discount the, the, the spiritual realm. So words can, can psychologically cause damage, right? They can psychologically cause a, a confidence, right? If, if someone pays you a compliment, I could pay you a compliment today and tell you you're beautiful, 
And you might puff up and think, well, I'm beautiful. Pastor said I'm beautiful. So that must mean I'm beautiful. Could have been something someone said to you years ago. And, it's, and, it's, and, and you've got a confidence, I can do this thing. Because my dad told me I could do this years ago, so I've got this confidence about myself, and I've been able to do it because of words. Right? It can, be, it can go the other way. It can cause damage. Someone could have made fun of you yesterday or years ago, and it could have stuck with you all this time. Right? It can cause psychological things. But I'm talking to you today about the spiritual realm. They're just words, right? Just words, we think. We must think it because I've heard almost all of you all, including myself, say some negative things about themselves, about their marriages, about something in their life, about their finances. Something that We all talk bad about something sometimes. That's a fact. I'm not exempt from it. My wife corrected me when I was preparing for this message. She corrected me. I said something about something I'm not even going to go there. But we all do it. We all do it. They're just words, though, right? Hebrews 11.3 says, God spoke, and bang, the world came into existence. You got that one back there? It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, think about that. God spoke, and the world was created. Isn't that what that says? We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's talking about the spiritual realm, right? Am I mistaken there? That, that's correct, right? We're talking about the spiritual realm. So the spiritual realm created the physical realm. Yet the world wants us to believe, wants us to buy into that the, that the physical realm is more important, that the physical realm should come first. But it didn't come first. The spiritual realm came first. In Genesis chapter 1, you can go back and read it, I don't have time to read it all day, God created, right? God said, uh, he didn't say, man, it's dark out here. You never heard God talk like that, did you? He says, let there be light. He didn't say what he, what he saw. He didn't say what he felt like. He said what he wanted. You follow me? How do we talk? We say things that we're afraid of. We say how we feel. Are you following me? Instead of saying what we want, now it has to be biblical. I can't say, Brother Stephan, I'm going to win the Powerball tomorrow. And I really believe that, so I know it's going to happen. It has to be biblical. We have to get in our word. We have to know what God's word says about us. And then we have to speak those words. It's called a confession. Anybody believe in confessions here? It's called a confession. When I'm confessing God's word over my life, I keep planting these seeds. How many knows you've got to plant something to get it to harvest the fruit? I, if I just bought this bag of seed and I took it home and I threw it in the drawer and I expect to have corn come up in this fall, you all would think I was nuts. Wouldn't you? You'd think, pastors went nutty. He thinks he's going to grow corn in the drawer and they're in the dark with no dirt. Are you following me? We've got to plant these seeds ongoing all the time. Things aren't like they seem like they should be. They're not like that. So he spoke what he wanted, right? He stepped out on nothing. Says he created the earth, didn't it? Right there, he framed the world. He cre- so he stepped out onto nothing and said, let there be light. Amen. And just like that, bam, there was light. There was a world that separated. He did all those things. He said, let there be a firm in it. He said, let there be plants. He said, he said, divide the light night and day. He said, create, let there be creatures in the water. He said, this blows away the other theory that they have, that there was a ball of snot in the water and it came out and, and made an animal and formed into a human. You all heard that one, right? That's the theory out there that scientists say. Some of you, nobody's heard that? That all life came from the water? Have you heard that, Brother Stephen? That's a, that's a theory that scientists have, that all life comes out of water. But the next one blows it away because he said, let there be creatures on earth. 
He formed the creatures in the water, and he formed the creatures on earth, right? And then in Genesis 1.26, it says this. And every one of those things he said, and it says, and there was light, and there was these things. And it says, then God said, let us, who's he talking about? The Spirit hovered over the, over the waters, right? The Spirit was there, and in John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Are you following me? So he's talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, what's that mean right there? He's saying image and likeness. Doesn't that kind of mean the same thing? A little bit confused now? Image means if I look in a mirror, I see an image, right? We're formed in the image of God and his, his likeness. We look, we look alike with God. Are you following me? He made us to look like him. And then this word here, likeness, means we operate like him. Are you following me? We're a triune being, aren't we not? Right? We're a spirit and a soul. We possess the body. We live in this body. How does our authority work over the world? He gave it to us right here, this verse, right? Let them have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So how else are we like God? In his image, or we, we are like him in his image, but after his likeness, I mean to say. How did God create the world? His words, right? He knew that it was going to happen. With God, he's got a lot bigger faith than us, so his is, his is instantaneous. He can speak, and bam, just like that, it happens. With us, we have to plant these seeds. I'm going to show you that here in a little bit in another scripture. We've got to continue to plant these seeds, right? So all these things, he said, let this be, let this be, let this be, and it was. Just like that, he saw those things were good. But when it came to man, it doesn't say, and it was. It doesn't say that because God gave us a free will, right? He gave us dominion and authority right here, did he not? But he gave us a free will. You choose how you talk. You choose what you speak on yourself. You choose what you speak on your spouse, what you're speaking on your children. If your children are acting like heathens, how are you talking about them? Right? If your spouse is a knucklehead, how are you talking about him? Right? Calling your wife an old lady? Oh, think about it. Think about it. Think about it, though, really. People, people have these names and things they call people, but I'd be calling her sweetheart and honey and all these things, right? That's what I call my wife. If I call her Brenda, actually, she says, what did you just call me? Don't you even call me by my name. You call me babe or honey or sweetie or something like that, right? We're sowing seeds. Every word is a seed. Can you see that? Every word is a seed. Uh, I don't have the scripture. Did I give you the next scripture? A good man. I think it's Luke 6. I'm on the wrong page, I think. Can you tell I haven't done this in a while? Proverbs. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. No, it's Luke. For a, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Come on, sis. Actually, I don't think I'm on the right thing yet. I think I messed up my notes. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from, from bramble bush. From a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this word right here, I, I don't even have that in my notes just yet. I'm going to come back to that later, all right? Am I allowed one mistake on the first day back? <laughs> Hopefully I'm allowed to because I might mess up again. So every time I speak, I'm making a deposit, right? This word, this word right here, treasure, means deposit. So every time I speak, I'm making a deposit into my life, right? Into my heart, right? So an example is I can be saying, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, that could be my verse of the day. I remember or my verse of the week. I memorized that verse. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I say it over and over and over again. And then I say, oh, man, I'm worried about the light bill. How's that going to work out? Or I'm saying, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm broke. <laughs> we talk that way. We talk out of both sides of our mouth. I've heard a lot of folks say it. A lot of Christians say it. So I need to compare Proverbs 18.21 and Deuteronomy. I know how I messed up now. I found my mistake. You're producing this, this page here. I got off a page number and you don't even care anyway. <laughs> God used, I'm going to throw that page away. I only got 12 pages of notes. <laughs> God used words to create, right? Jesus used words to heal. <laughs> I renumbered all my pages this morning because I got so messed up on that, and I thought I had it right. God used words to create. Jesus used his words to heal the master physician, hence. So in Psalms 107.20, he sent his word to heal and deliver. Not just to heal, not just to deliver, but to heal and deliver, right? We think of salvation so many times. When you look up the word salvation in the Bible, in the Greek, it doesn't mean that I was saved just one time. It doesn't mean just being saved from the second death. It means saved all the time. It means a supply. Right? I have a supply that God's already stored up for me. Nothing's ever going to surprise God. Everything that I'm ever going to need, he already has put in, in, in the storehouse for me. But I have, to, I have to take those things. I have, to, I have to make a withdrawal with my words. So Proverbs 18, 21, here we go. Death and life are, are in the power of the tongue. You have that one back there? There we are. Now we're back on track. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's that word fruit again. If you love it, you're going to eat its fruit. Death and life are in your mouth then. Right? The power of, that word power right there means the function of. Why did God say then, don't be friendly toward the world? Not to not be friendly toward the world, but not to hang out in the world, not to make friends with them, not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, it said. Actually, right? Because you're producing fruit all the time. The godly people are producing fruit. Look at your friends. Look at the people you're hanging out with. What kind of fruit do they have in their life? You follow me? Look at who you're dating. What kind of fruit do they have in their life? The power right here is a harvest. It's a choice. You have a choice to make what you're going to harvest out of your life. So with that being said, the mouth is the most important thing that we possess. Right? It might not seem like it's the most important thing because things aren't always the same the way that they seem. But it is. Your life is governed by words. Is it not? It says it right here, right? So, because God said it. And when God said it, it's the law. It's the law. So the devil seeks to gain an, an advantage, though, through your words. He does. Look at Eve, how he did her. She was quoting God, God's scripture off until, God, until Satan came again, again and caused her to take a second look. Are you following me? And the, and, the fruit of, and the fruit of the tree of knowledge looked good to her at that time. And when it looked good, things aren't always, all, always the way they seem. They're not always the way they seem. In Ephesians 4.27, it says, Neither give place to the devil. That word right there, place, means any portion or space. It doesn't say you can hang out over there a little bit. It doesn't say have a couple friends from the world. It doesn't say have a couple drinks. Does it not? I mean, does it say that anywhere in there? It says any portion or any space. Don't give any spot to the devil that he can stand on no ground. I take this as like a foothold. Now, when you're climbing up a cliff, some of y'all climb some things, right? You get your hands in things. You get your feet in. You've climbed as a kid, right? I haven't done it in a long time either. I'm fat. But when, 
I shouldn't even say that about myself because look at me. I'm getting what I... <laughs> it's producing. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though? You get your foot into something. Once, once he gets that little space there and you get your foot or your hand into something, then you can gain on that thing. He wants to gain on us. He wants to get an advantage to us through our words. Through our words. He, he got Eve and he tripped her over this thing and he got her to take a second look at what she was and what she'd been doing. Now here we are. Luke 6, 43 through 45. Now I'm back to where I asked you to be earlier. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Wow, this is a memorized time. I'm with it. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from, bramble, from a bramble bush. And 45 says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil, and that, and that word treasure right there means deposit. An evil man out of the evil deposit or whatever he's putting into, right? When you make a deposit, you're putting something in, right? Out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil fruit. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this word right here, bring forth. Remember I told you I was going to come back to that earlier? Bring forth means to bear forward in the Greek. Or picture it like this, to fling forward. You take these seeds, you throw them out in front of you. And all the time we're throwing seed out in front of us. Every word's a seed. We're throwing these seed out in front of us. And we're throwing them out in front of us. And we're throwing them out in front of us. And one day, it's going to produce a fruit in our life, in the future. Most of the time it's not today. You follow me? Sometimes we can speak things that it comes to existence immediately. But most of the time it's in the future. We're always flinging things forward. We're depositing things. Deposit, 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 and then I can make a withdrawal. Then all of a sudden there's fruit there that I can pick up, right? The seeds are for future fruit. These seeds aren't going to produce today. They're, look at that corn on there. Isn't that amazing looking? Wouldn't you like to have some fresh, sweet corn today? Smothered in butter. And I like a lot of salt on mine where you can almost see it. Wouldn't that be good today? Maybe not the salt for you all, but it'd be good today, right? But it's for the future. This seed right here is for the future. It's for the future. It's for the end of the summer, right? And 45, out of the abundance of the heart, and it says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, our good deposit in the Greek, and the, and, the, and the evil man out of the evil deposit of his heart. So we'll know your heart by what your mouth's saying. That's what he's saying here, right? Judge a man. Don't judge a man. Judge his fruit. So faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, right? So what are you hearing? What do you, sometimes we are. That's why he's saying, don't hang out in the world. Don't befriend the world. You can go over there and witness. You can go over there and testify for them. Right? But if they don't want to hear what you're saying, what do you tell the disciples to do? Shake the dust off your feet. Get out of there. Cut ties with them. If, they don't want to hear, if you don't want to hear what I got to say, I'm going to go over here and do my own thing. I'm going to go over here and hang out with God. I'm going to go over here and delight in his law. I'm going to go over here and plant some good seeds that are going to spring up in my life. I'm going to make good deposits in my heart today. I'm going to make good deposits in the heart of my, of my wife and my, and my children and whoever else you have anything to do with. That's what he's saying here in this, right? So faith comes by hearing and hearing, whether evil or good. Church, we're all farmers. Didn't know he's going to hear that today, right? We're all farming something. We don't take words seriously, though, because they're not instant, right? This, isn't, this, this package here doesn't say instant anywhere on it because if it did, I could dump them out and bam. Corn stalk would shoot up, and I could pick that ear of corn, and I'd go home and eat it for the Chiefs game today. Are you following me? But, but I didn't see any of the seeds up there that were instant. I didn't see any instant ones right there. So since the, our words aren't instant, we dismiss them. We don't take them seriously. 
And then as Christians, we get to looking at the world, right? And then we get a little world in the church. And then we get to looking at that. When we should be judging the fruit that's around us. And if you got good fruit, if you got better fruit than me, I want to hang out with you. That, that, should be the, that should be our mentality. That should be the way it is. Not if you kind of got some fruit that might be all right, I might come. That's how it's been for too long, right? What if the power of our words was instant? Think about that. What if the power of our words was immediate? Immediately, I said something and it came to fruition. God did, right? It could work that way. If we're not sowing a mixed, if we're not sowing a mixed bag, we sow some good, we sow some bad, we sow some good, we sow some bad. Where can our faith possibly be at in all that? <clears throat> fruit, fruit, this fruit that I'm talking about. Now, there's probably, I've been feeling this thing, and there's probably 10, 12 kernels of corn in here. Now, think about that. Even the six dozen ears. I've grown some corn before, and, and you aren't going to forget about this package of seed anytime soon. That's why I brought it today. This is something you'll remember. And if you'll remember it, maybe, just maybe, a couple of us will do it. But there's 10 or 12 kernels of corn in this pouch here. And think about the fruit that will come from that. If it grows 10 stalks of corn, and each one has about three years of corn on it, right? Anybody grown corn before? Each have three, four years of corn, maybe, if you're lucky. If the coons don't get none, it ain't all going to fit in this package. The fruit that comes from the seed will not fit in this package. The fruit that comes from this seed will not fit in this package. Think about this. There's over 3,300 promises in this book. 3,300 of them. They can't possibly fit in this package. Think about that. We try to have fruit, though, that we didn't sow. Are you following me? We do it all the time. And then when it doesn't work out, we blame God. I'm mad at God. I bought corn seed. I've been speaking corn seed. But when radishes pop up, or cauliflower, I hate cauliflower. When cauliflower pops up, I'm mad at God because I don't have corn. Are you following me? Even though I took the package of corn, I took the seed, and I took it home, and I threw it in the drawer. How many of y'all got your Bibles with you today? Probably not very many in the house. Think about it. I'm not trying to get on anybody. I'm just saying think about it. Think about it. If we're not getting into his word, if we're not learning what it says, if we're not, plant, if we're not flinging these seeds forward into our life, what do you expect to produce? And then you want to be mad at God because you're sick? You want to be mad at God because you're not blessed and can't pay your bills? But you're flinging forth the things of the world. You're not flinging forth the good seed. I'm not getting on anybody. I, I'm, I'm guilty too. We're all guilty of it. We have to train ourselves in this, though. We want to blame God. Now, how can you harvest something that you didn't, that you didn't plant, right? I need to, I'm trying to compare this package of seeds to the Bible, right? The picture on the front depicts like half a dozen ears of corn, Right? The Bible talks about, you've been to church, you've talk, heard the preacher talk about being healed, you've heard me talk about 3,300 promises, right? The seeds and the picture on here represent potential. There's potential. When you, go out, when you, when you start going to church, you're here all the time, you, start, you go out and buy you a new Bible, you get a $100 Bible, right? Spend big, big, big money on a Bible. doesn't do anything. It's ink on paper. That's all it is. It's no greater than any other book in my library if I don't do something with it. But if you do something with it, if you fling this forward and you fling this forward and you're living right, that's a big thing too. You've got you, you to repent. You've got to turn away from sin and you've got to fling forth the promises of God and keep flinging them forward. Keep planting those seeds. Sooner or later, later, you will harvest. 
you will harvest fruit from that. It will happen. It's the fact. God's word is infallible, right? But you have to plant it. You got to do something with it. You got to water it. It's got to have some sunlight. But most of the time, Christians just say, I, I don't have time for all that, preacher. I ain't got time for that. I want you to pray for me. I want to be healed. I want to be blessed. I want all these things. I just want to go to church. I want to buy a Bible. And I want to get everything out of it. But I don't have time for that. It's not going to work that way. I just want a sound mind. I just want to be healed. I just want peace. I want joy. I want financial prosperity, right? I want everything the word, the, the word promises. It doesn't work like that. We have to do something with God's word. Constantly speaking it. Positive confessions over our life, spouses' lives, kids' lives. Are you following me? Does that make sense? <clears throat> Every word is a seed, right? Deposits become words. That's why he tells us don't hang out on the other side of the fence. All these deposits, everything you're putting into yourself, as he say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All these deposits, the things you put in, the songs you listen to, the people you talk to, the places you go, the things you dabble in, become words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You speak those words. You're flinging those seeds forth in your life. By his stripes, I'm healed. Oh, my head's killing me. That's a famous one, right, Mom? <laughs> no weapon formed against me shall prosper. My kids are brats, heathens. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hill. I don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill, though. Think about that. These are all words that I hear come from people's mouths that are in the church. We're flinging forth. What do you want to have? God didn't say, man, it's dark out here. Man, I ain't got much money in the checking account. It ain't really going on over here for me. It ain't really working out the way I planned for it to go. My marriage isn't doing so hot. Right? That's what you're going to have in the future. Marriage is not doing so hot. Instead of speaking life on it, flinging God's word forward, getting God's word, find out what it says about your life. Find out what it says about your weaknesses. We all have strengths and we all have weaknesses also. Find out what it says about your weaknesses. Instead of speaking what you know about your weaknesses or what you think you know about your weaknesses, speak what God's word says about your weaknesses. That's where we got to get with this thing. Fling those seeds forward. Fling them out there and fling them out there and fling them out there. You know, last time I planted a garden, I didn't want a garden. I hated gardens because they're a lot of work. And when I was a kid, my dad made me till a garden, plant it, did the whole thing with it, weed it, all those things. And I don't even like vegetables very much. I can get it in a can, a lot cheaper, with a lot less sweat. And I don't care about the difference in it. I know it's better, but whatever. It's already canned. Are you following me? But my wife and kids, they came from the city and they wanted a garden, so we planted a garden. I'm going somewhere with a story right here. We planted a garden. We had a big garden, and it was great to start with, but turns out none of them wanted to work in it. It was only me. It was hot out there. It was 100. You know how hot it is. It's 100 degrees out there in the garden. And you don't put a garden under a shade tree. It's out out in the direct sun. That thing died, grew up with weeds, all, that, all those things happened to it. But the next year, there were still volunteers coming up from those seeds. It happens like that in our life. You keep flinging those seeds forward. It might even be something you planted this year. It might have been from years past. But those fruit's going to come up. 
that fruit will come up and it'll continue to come up. And it's something that has to be an ongoing thing. Another, another gardening story and I'll get you out of here. I know you all want to get to watch the Chiefs game. You got about four or five hours still. <laughs> I can't wait either. But the year after this, Caleb and, and Katie decided they wanted to grow something anyway. I said, I'm not planting a whole garden again. So I went out there with a tiller, and I, it was about as long as this row of seats here is from the front to the back. And I went down and back up, I think. It was just two stripes with the tiller, about this wide. Knocked all the weeds down for them. And Katie planted her a row of sunflowers. She loves sunflowers. Planted her a row of sunflowers down there. And Caleb planted this head of cabbage. It was about this big, but it was supposed to become a giant head of cabbage. I'm talking about these. It has to be an ongoing thing. And they planted those out there, went in the house, never came back well Caleb did he wanted to water his every day for about a week he wanted to put miracle Girl on it every day for about a week and then they forgot about it then they went in the house and never came back and then they came back outside and I was mowing around this thing and the weeds got up about this tall and they came out and said where's my sunflowers at where's my cabbage at it has to be an ongoing thing or the weeds the things we've all spoke negative we've all thrown some weeds in our garden we all have thrown some weed seeds out there. We've all flung some weed seeds out there. It's got to be an ongoing thing, flinging those good seeds forward to overcome the, the, the seeds of the weed. Are you following me? If I could get a red bout at this time. I hope this spoke to someone today. I hope that you'll take something or take this and, and do something with it. And I got a package of corn seeds I need to give to somebody to plant after church. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this day, Daddy, and we love you, Father God. I just praise your mighty name, Dad. Lord, I thank you for your infallible word, Lord. I thank you that you've chosen me, Lord, to, to speak your word to your people, Father God. It's an honor and it's a blessing, Father God, to get to speak to your people, Daddy. And Lord, I just pray that you would, you would touch these people, Lord, and cause this, this seed here today, Father God, to, call on, to fall on good, rich, deep soil, Lord, in my heart, Lord, and in, our, and in the hearts of, of your church, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would cause these, these seeds, Lord, to take good root, Father God, and be strong, Father God, and, and come up out of us, Father God, that we would fling seeds all around us, Lord, to produce good fruit, Father God, and to live our lives for you, Father God, to, to, to harvest a fruit, Lord, that comes from your word, Father God, what your word says that we have, Lord, what your word says that we are, Father God, and our salvation, Father God, is, I pray that you would cause us to realize it's not just for the future, future, Father God, but it's, it's a supply while we're here, Daddy. It's both things, Father God, and I just thank you for that, Dad, and I praise you for this, Father God. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe. Bring us back here on Wednesday with visitors, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would continue to grow your church, Father God. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Daddy. Amen.